Hey, thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now, and if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're going to start in John chapter 10 today. Joining me again is uh, uh, Rachel and Gabe. I about said Jeremy, Rachel and Gabe because I was looking at the screen. Jeremy, Rachel and Gabe are joining us today. How are you guys doing? Good. How are Pretty you? well. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing well. Yeah. It's a good day. Um, so John chapter 9 was fun. Uh, yeah. When I say fun, I mean it's just there's a lot to that, um, and we got off on the uh, the the church perspective on that. I'll be curious to see where we go <laughs> here on John ten. Uh, before we dive into this passage, though, I just want to remind all you guys out there if you haven't already done it, spend some time in worship. You hear me say this uh, every episode, but worship is so important. And, and as I've said many times before, it's the only thing we have to give God um, truly that is ours and only ours. Nobody can give worship to God for you by proxy. Only you can give it to him. So anyway, I want to encourage you to go do that. Uh, you can go to redux.church and we've got some worship there. Uh, you can also go and just find your favorite playlist. I, I recommend, uh, what do you guys think? 20 minutes, 30 minutes. What's minimum? It doesn't take long for me. I got my Not go-to song. I yeah, like either. three oh, or so four just, minutes, really. Really? Yeah, Good I have one you. song that... A, which one? Which song? You're going to out me like this, but I'm going to do it. The Surrounded Fight My Battles one. That's a good one. That's a great As soon as like the one where it just does the chorus on loop, mm-hmm. like it, that's pretty much the spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like there and it takes me like 20 seconds and I'm in the zone and by the end of it, I'm like, yeah. You good. know, walking around the neighborhood was the first time I heard that song. It made me cry. It makes me it's cry strong. every time, not yeah. to out myself. It's Actually, not every time. Song. <laughs> yeah, look like he said it's every time. Yeah, but it's <laughs> pretty <laughs> frequent. I mean, usually like if if like I'm hanging out with Sadie and she hears it like through my headphones, she's like, are you okay? Oh, it didn't <laughs> I'm like, take no. Yeah, it exactly. It's nice that she cares. Well, I think yeah. it's more because she's like, you're crying loud. I'm trying to watch this show. <laughs> you're crying loud. <laughs> so you whale cry, honey. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I have those Dang, moments. What battles are you I, fighting? I know, dude. It's like a whole nother Golly. episode we got to cover. That's funny. That is good. All right. Well, if you're joining us, if you've come back now, having yeah. listened to worship, um, we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get into this passage. Oh my goodness. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, 
and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me, just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Yeah, this is one of my favorite passages ever. Yeah, I spend so much time in this one, and and uh, there's there's three main levels to this one for me. Where I but. But I, I think the one that sticks out to me the most is it it talks about, he, he says, and let's see if I can find it quickly and I'll bring it back up. Uh, uh, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, uh, pull it up, uh, rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's so many, like you can peel that onion back, right? Mm-hmm. So you can t- think about it from... From the shepherd standpoint, right? They're coming to steal the sheep. Yes. But one of the things too, and and there's another passage. I don't want to spend all the time looking for it right here, but it's in the same the same run. But but really, what it comes down to is this: what what it leads my brain to think about is how there are people who are a part of the sheepfold that don't belong to the good shepherd in this parable that don't belong to Jesus okay. because they didn't come through he said i'm the gate right so they didn't go through the gate yeah and what i'm reminded of is exactly that people who jump the fence so so here's the thing he says my sheep hear my voice and they know it right they follow me so what happens when you have because sheep can jump i don't know if you guys ever saw that it's pretty crazy so if the sheep jump fence right and they get into this this big pen there's just a bunch of sheep there and when he starts calling them they will eventually separate out from the other sheep because they don't recognize his voice. But what they've done is they've learned how to be sheep. And and I think when I look at the church today, this is what I see. Mm -hmm. I see so many people who've hung around sheep for so long. They've learned how to look like sheep. That's so good. And how to be like sheep. And, And they don't know the father They don't recognize his voice. And this is really the crux of our entire ministry here 
mm-hmm. is to hear his voice and follow him, right? These are our yeah. core values. Yeah. And and to hear his voice, know who you are, right? Am yeah. I a sheep? So let me ask you this. So um, using that analogy, because you're, you're laying it over the church, yes. right? So in the church world, we say... Who we we don't put the shepherd as the father. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we put the shepherd as the pastor. Right. So it's yes and no. And they'll say that they're they're lay lay leader lay or, leaders. or whatever. But yeah. it's been taught know your pastor's voice. Oh and yeah. The voice of well, it. and that's you see what I'm saying. I do see do, what you're saying. So that that it, that fits with. <laughs> yeah. Let me teach you how to be a sheep. Right. Follow your pastor's voice. Yeah. Not realizing that, no, we're all sheep. Right. Even the pastor pastor, is sheep. And we follow God's voice. Yeah. The voice of the father. And anyone who didn't go that way surely is a thief Thief? or a robber. But, yeah. So, I mean. mm, It's a hard (laughs) saying. but, But, you know, again, I kind of. This really came because I started thinking about this. I had a small group. Uh, well, I've been in multiple small groups, and really the same thing applies all the time. That that you find yourself where the you're you're in a group, and then somebody you you can see them they kind of start dealing with themselves a little bit because you're just in this group talking, and everybody's talking like regular sheep, and they're like, I don't think I'm a sheep. Yeah. And they they if you if it's safe, and this doesn't only happen yeah. but if you provide a safe place for them to say, I don't think I'm a sheep. Then, then they have the opportunity to become a sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's becoming a weird thing to keep saying over and <laughs> over. But, but, but the whole point is, is that um, we we fooled ourselves into believing uh, that we are following the voice of God, and mm-hmm. we don't actually ever really hear it. Oh, so good. We, we've just kind of it's so good. gone through stuff, and it's too. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to why I think Sunday morning is as wonderful as a Sunday morning church service can be. It can also be a detriment if if you are not a sheep. I mean, how detrimental is it? I mean, I'm because I'm not afraid of anything when I say this statement. This is important. I I would rather lose my own life mm-hmm. than to have someone go through life going to church believing they're in right standing with God and not be. Not be. I would happily lose my life right. to make that right. Yeah. Now, not just for one person, because I'm not as good as Jesus. <laughs> it needs to be at least seven. <laughs> a week's worth. What do you think? Thoughts? Um, well, first off, I'm glad that you ended up looping around to the small group thing, because a lot of what I had to say had to do with some of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, like what I got from this. Uh, and then you guys started somewhere else again. I was like, I'm clearly not built for this. Uh, but No, you are. But something I thought about is... Uh, it's kind of beaten to the ground a little bit too, but I think about like how at the beginning he talked about how he'll be the shepherd. Right. So what I think about is like, like what you said, I think a lot of times I think I just almost subliminally understood like in my brain that the shepherd was the pastor. Pastor. Mm -hmm. Now, as an adult, I kind of started to pull that back a little bit and understand that's not the case. But like, I think to like, um, like, I think back to, like, hanging out with Jared, for example. So, like, Jared and I, we joke about it pretty frequently now. Um, but we're both people who have a spiritual relationship with Jesus and have a different relationship with church. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way you said that. That was very well put. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so, like, a lot of nights, especially now that he has a house, shout out Jared. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My boy putting in the work. Congrats, buddy. 
You won't ever watch. I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm so proud of my son. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, what's what's th- the thing is is like we we'll go to the back porch just like classic like whatever you know like classic uh, King of the Hill stuff standing in the front of the fence or whatever you know classic yeah. G- Jeremy and just boys chilling. Yeah. That, I yeah, that's kind of yeah. Loki or a fire pit, Loki. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway. Uh, and we'll just sit out there and talk. And we, it's almost like understood, like whenever there's other people there too, like we kind of know, like this is a boys only, like we're going to be honest here and nothing really leaves this circle. And what's funny is I think about how many things like people, I'm going to shout out my friends here because only their first names, <laughs> <laughs> like it matters. But like, I know like people like Adam and even pe- friends that are a little more tough, like Casey, for example, mm-hmm. I've noticed that they kind of like, understand like without words that they can be vulnerable and understand that we we all have the best interest. And I think it's important that, and a good thing that Jared and I, and, and more than just him and I, but have had the spiritual, you know, roller coasters that we've had yeah. because that's opened up opportunities for us to be like, listen, I know that this is what the sheep are saying, but they're not sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I know that this is where you think you're supposed to be at this time. And I know that you're scared about these things and people say you shouldn't be afraid of this because of this. And why are you concerned? People always question motive mm-hmm. uh, about different things. And like, it's hard not to get into specifics. So I'll just skip a lot of it by saying that sometimes the the closest and, and most open that you can see Jesus example, exemplified is being around people who care about you, not because of what you're doing for them. That's you know, you and are. so when I think about how the enemy is there to steal, kill and kill and mm-hmm. destroy, None of my friends have that interest in me. We all have different... Nobody wants to be at my position career-wise. Nobody wants to have my girlfriend. We're all just genuinely concerned with the success of of our friend and our brother. And so I look at that versus church where it's like, well, hey, it's not a bad thing. I don't think church is a bad thing. And I think anytime that this conversation gets brought up around me, I think that people think that I just don't like church and that's not it. I think what's just frustrating is that I've feel closest to God when I'm not at church because all yeah. I can feel is how nobody there is acknowledging the elephant in the room, but we're all suffocating under it. What I heard you saying was <clears throat> when you are with your buddies, because the heart of everybody is for everybody to succeed and live their best life. That is a heart that the shepherd can speak through. Right. And right. so when Sorry, you yeah. open your mouth and Jared opens his mouth and Adam and different that's the father speaking because there's no selfish motive. So the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Right. So the way the enemy could jump over that gate into that pen where the sheep are and the father's speaking Mm -hmm. is with somebody comes in with selfish motives, manipulative intent and a heart to steal and rob from somebody. Right. God's trying to, this Gabe's so good. Thank you. Well, and very eloquently put the way that you very good. Thank you. And the way you said that at the end was, was where I was going to bring it back was that because we know, the, our goals as Christians are to be Christ-like, right? So what was Jesus? He was selfless. He was full yeah. of love. He was all of those things we we know. So when your friends do that, and, and, and Jared talks about how, dang, I'm tired. I've been working a lot. I got to yeah. pay for a house now. It's, you know, you're I'm there. It's like it's become, because Jesus is so prevalent in the way that we love people, even if you don't know Jesus, you know Jesus if you love mm-hmm. someone, right? Yes. So... It's like your your subconscious, like, how can I show Jared that I care about him here? Is there something I can do? That's for the father speaking. And Absolutely. I think the craziest part is that 
we hear it a lot, but we forget it more than I think we forget anything. And that's that God is always speaking. He's always yeah. making an attempt. It's our choice to pick up the yeah. phone yeah. or stay on do not disturb. Yeah. You know? you, what you're talking about is what I call a transactional relationship. I'm not the first one to coin that phrase, but um, and, and you this did is look at, you did look at the camera like it was yours though. <laughs> okay, so the transactional relationship though is is this idea that uh, it, it's exactly that I'm I'm in it for something. I'm gonna there's a transaction that's gonna take place. Yeah, and 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 this is the thing I think is why it's so difficult for pastors to have real relationships because they're in a place that is almost a hundred percent transactional. Mm-hmm. What you described is a relationship of choice. Yeah, right. Um, there's Selfless. a scripture that says a friend sticks closer than a brother. And and I've always looked at that, and I think because you you're you and your brother are friends, but we're much closer. You're now, closer now, but, but that's that's pretty common actually. But but I mean, just as far yeah. as, as siblings get older. But yeah, I yeah. think the point is, is, you didn't get a choice, right? Your brother's your brother. There's no choice in the matter. Right. Your friends are your friends by choice, right? And it's a mutual choice. If you want to be friends with somebody, they don't want to be friends with you. You're not going to be friends with them. Right. It doesn't right. really work like that. And so there is a. It's not transactional now. It's beneficial. It's mutually mm-hmm. beneficial, but not from a transactional standpoint. And so I think this is the the fundamental struggle is that we enter these relationships trying to be close with one another, but we got to get what we got to get. And so in this particular metaphor or parable, as we call them, Jesus, you know, a, an example of someone coming in and, and they manipulate the situation. They say to the sheep, man, aren't you guys, I'm hot. Are you guys hot? And the they start talking about it. And, and when they go and they're like, you know, wouldn't it be better? We should just shave off all of this wool mm. and we can be much more comfortable. And they're like, well, Matt, what are we going to do with all the wool? <laughs> <laughs> and so they take and he goes, he's like, oh, I'll take care of the wool. Don't you worry about it. And he literally comes in, he shaves steals. them, steals it and goes and makes money. Right. Yeah. So this is a transactional relationship. He's getting something from the sheep. Right. He's getting something from the sheep. That that thief, He's that stealing. robber, he is yeah. stealing from, from the sheep. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming in, and, and this is what I want to bring this back up because you, you brought this up, Rachel, that Jesus says right here, because in the verse before he said, um, they didn't understand it, right? Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I am the gate for the sheep, right? And he goes through this whole thing. And then in the next one, uh, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And then he gets into the hired hand. Now, we're not even talking about a thief and a robber now. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. There's no defense of the sheep. He's going to run. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so what we learn is our shepherd is defined by his actions. Mm -hmm. Who is the only person in the history of the world to die for me ever? Yeah. That is my shepherd. Yeah. He says it right there. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Yep. And so you have all these hired hands. I've been called a hireling before. And I, I remember thinking, what? <laughs> it was the most frustrating thing in my life because I'm like, I'm I'm not that. <laughs> but right. but and I'm not the good shepherd either. Right. Right? I am I am just a sheep. <laughs> but it, yes. It, I, I thought I thought it was interesting how many times he said, I am the good shepherd. Yeah. He says it at least twice, maybe three times. To me, almost driving that point home. Yeah. It's good. His heart is good. It's always for the good. It's always for your benefit. His heart is for love 
it's a verb. It's always, he's doing something for you. It's, sac- it's like you said, there's no transaction in it. Mm-hmm. He gets nothing from it other than to see you succeed. Right. And that's what, bringing back to Gabe's example of the boys sitting around the fire pit, the only intention there is for good. Yeah. And God thrives in the good. His voice can resonate in the good. And so when anybody comes over, the hired hand or the wolf, that doesn't sound like good. Even if it's masked as good, a mm-hmm. faux good, you can hear through it. Yeah. Because we you're so close to the shepherds like that if somebody was to come into your your group and didn't have that heart immediately you guys would one there would either start being a disruption yeah why y'all shaving your wool (laughs) the whole trajectory would change and you'd have to go okay what happened when this influence came in okay well he's not for our good yeah not and you're not judging him you're discerning and i think that's what a lot of people get we well you're judging no, I'm not judging. I'm discerning because something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. This yeah. doesn't feel like God's heart. Yeah, I've, I've noticed too. I think that maybe even reason that it's it's so stapled into the to that chapter is that it's and just throughout the scripture in general is that it's the what Christians do is they vastly underestimate what the enemy can do. Yeah, and then they get worked. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, and then they're in a position where they're like, wait, wait, I thought I was doing the right thing. Well, it's because you're still blind you know right. rub a little mud in your eyes and right. call back to chapter nine which there. you referred to at the very end yeah. yeah but even what's so interesting is even if somebody comes in and has really good intentions but they they offer something that's not right like maybe it was hot and maybe they really did want to shave their wool it's such a funny example yeah it's not that's not necessarily bad but recognizing oh wait i shouldn't have done that the ability to come back and say yeah, I was I was leading you guys the wrong way. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I should not have done that. That's yeah. still God's heart. Yeah, I heard a, a pastor the other day, been around for years. Some of you will know what I'm talking about when I just speak vaguely here. But he, he said, if you've ever heard me teach on tithe or you have a book of mine where I teach on tithe, he said, throw it away. <gasps> he said, I have gotten it wrong and and we've got to correct it today. That's profound. And and I'll tell you off podcast who it was because it'll shock you. Okay. Um, huge, huge following. Wow. And for him to say that was I, I, I was blown away. But but that's that's humility. That's growth. It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that <laughs> that God's plan is more important than mine. Yes. Yeah. And I, I man, I think that well, is such a hard struggle. Jesus even refers to that in there because he says he'll run. Because he's only there for the money. That's right. He's that, he's just hired. It's a small little sentence, but says a lot. Says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you know, to your point, I, I again, the pendulum swings so hard. You know, in the very last bit of this, he 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 says, uh, "For this is what my father has commanded." When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions. Mm. Right? Some said he's demon possessed wow. and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? And then others said. But how can a demon-possessed man heal 
the blind, right? I mean, I just paraphrased it, but you guys could read it. Yeah. I mean, New Living <laughs> Translation. I'm mean, yeah. to say whatever. But but the, this is my point, though. Opposites. Even with all this, you 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 just there. It's so black and white. And and uh, to to use a Star Wars reference, only Sith think in such absolutes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I'm Gabe gets that though. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that's the whole. That's the deal. Is I'm as I read this, you know, and like I said, the the point of us going through these scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and Gabe, this is for you to, to get this too. Like the point of this is not to follow a train of thought. It's to share what God told you in it. Yeah. And, and I think that that's so crucial. Gosh, that's beautiful. Well, it's that's Bible. That's what, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's, my, it's his words, right? My dad's favorite thing was to say, come, let us sit down and reason together. Yes. That's what this is. I think it's powerful. I mm. love, this is something I wanted to just throw out there and we've only got about five minutes or so left, but I wanted to, to ask you guys this. He, he, he says here at the beginning of this last section here, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. So two points out of that. The first one is in John 17, Jesus is going to pray. Spoiler alert, because you know we it's haven't got there. Um, he's going to pray in the garden. He's going to pray about unity. And this is the first time you really kind of see this one flock, one mm-hmm. shepherd. You start to see this unity theme is now popping in. And uh, it's it's going to be crucial because one of the things about that, and it, that that is my bottom line favorite. Ten, 10 is huge, but my bottom line favorite, John 17. And again, I think I go to that because it's Jesus's last request to the mm-hmm. Father. <laughs> and it's begging and sorrowful. It's massive. And, yeah. But he he constantly and it's it's the only time in scripture too where Jesus prays for you and me. He he does a prayer and he prays for those who would believe on him through the word of the testimony of the disciples, which wow. is precisely who we are. So Christ prays to the Father for you and me. So powerful. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to get to John seventeen. But um, but he talks about this unity. But the other part of this I want to ask you about, the other sheep I have. Now, there's a standard teaching on that, but I wanted to ask you, who do you think he's talking about when he says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold? Is the sheepfold in reference? Well, just in this particular context that he's talking about, yeah. The world, there are other people that haven't heard of him. Is this? Do you have an answer? Or is this just? Well, guess? I can tell you what's taught. So, so oh, okay, what's typically typically taught? I mean, lots of things are taught. What's typically taught is this is referring to the Gentiles because he's talking to the Jews, mm. and so he's referring to the mm-hmm. Gentiles or to your point, yes, and, the whole the, world. Yeah. Um, I I think I like to think he's talking about the whole world's. That's what I was going to say, but I didn't know if we were on the same page or not. I was thinking, like, maybe there's other places. But, okay, so that's going to really trip with people's brain. Yeah. Yeah, I well, remember but when I be, thought. It's, it's going to mess with people because people are still locked into there's only one way. And right. instead of looking at God as a being an entity that we can communicate with Commun- now. and Everywhere. Yeah. But I remember when I had the realization <laughs> of, okay, he's just in one part of the world. Mm. There's a whole other side of the world that is not hearing about you mean where jesus was was right now yeah Yeah. we're just seeing a just a glimpse of him on the earth there's oh man we could dive into this one deep because you know this is one of those things where you start seeing the similarities well here here's one of my favorite ones and this will we'll leave our our listeners with this to ponder (laughs) 
I believe it's in Leviticus. Um, the Israelites, Leviticus. I believe so. The Israelites were walking along. I'm going to have to pull this. I tell this story quite a bit. I'm going to have to go back and pull the reference so I can be a little more astute. Accurate, yeah. yeah. But anyway, the, the, the uh, Hebrews are walking along. They're establishing the law. You know, that's yeah. what Leviticus is. Yeah. And it talks about them coming across an altar built to God. And in this particular passage, the altar built to God, the G in God is capitalized. They're talking about their, their God. God. Mm-hmm. They came across, the Israelites, or the Hebrews at this point, came across an altar built to God, not one they made. So the Hebrews, but they referenced their God. Now, an altar was used to seal a deal. It was to mm-hmm. close a covenant right. to or to rem- remember a covenant, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what that means is their God had covenant with somebody other than them. And that's what we're going to leave you guys with today. <laughs> what? In Leviticus. <laughs> as far as Leviticus is concerned and the recording of that scripture, there God had covenant with a people other than the Hebrews at the time of the Hebrews because it was not their altar that they found. So anyway, if you guys enjoyed this or your mind is just blown then send this to somebody else so theirs can be blown as well. It's the best thing you could do to help support what we're doing here, honestly, is just share this with somebody. If it's blessed you, it's going to bless them. Also, if you'd like to contribute financially, you can always do that at redux.church. We are a nonprofit uh, church, and so, yeah, we we uh, can pay for studio time and things like that uh, with your, your uh, generous contributions. But only do it if you're led to by God the Father. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys. We're going to be back for the rest of chapter 10 here next week, and I look forward to it. Uh, Rachel, real quick, we got a little bit of time. Why don't you pray us out? Yes. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now. We come before you, and we are so grateful that we can come together, and you can manifest your word, your wisdom, your light, your understanding in a much, much deeper way. And so, God, I thank you that this podcast goes out, and it lands on people who need to hear you in a relevant, true way, in a new way, Father. And I think it brings healing to those who hear it. And it's in your name we pray. And we love you so much. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We will see you next time.